Through innovation, academic excellence, and family-centered clinical care, Children's Mercy Kansas City is transforming outcomes for children around the world. Welcome to the audio interview series, Transformational Pediatrics, with host, Dr. Michael Smith. Welcome to Transformational Pediatrics. I'm Dr. Michael Smith, and our topic is Cardiac Neurodevelopmental Clinic, Redefining Outcomes for Congenital Heart Disease. My guest is Dr. Elizabeth Willen. Dr. Willen is a clinical psychologist at Children's Mercy Kansas City and clinical assistant professor of pediatrics at the University of Missouri, Kansas City. Dr. Willen, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So this is an interesting topic because we know that, you know, mortality is the traditional outcome that we measure in children undergoing surgery for uh, congenital heart disease. But your clinic, the Cardiac Neurodevelopmental Clinic at Children's Mercy, is is really looking to to redefine outcome measures and uh, for this particular population. Why are you looking to do that, and exactly how are you redefining those outcomes? Right. So... Historically, this is a process that's been happening for many years if we use the oncology, the cancer outcomes studies in children. It's really following a very similar model, that as we become much better at prolonging life and curing specific types of what was before deadly um, death defects, heart defects, what we're now seeing is, okay, well, now we need to be addressing quality of life. How well are these uh, children growing up, developing, learning, making friends, functioning in the community, functioning in the school, functioning in the home? Um, and so it's really a shift from looking at, okay, well, now they survive, now what? Um, and for families, this is really the critical piece because, yes, we're thrilled. Um, families are thrilled that you saved my child's life. That's a major, a major event. Um, but they also want to know, well, is my child going to develop normally from this point on? Or are there going to be differences in his or her development that I need to know about so that I can be a better parent and better support my child? So when, when the family asks that question, right, mm-hmm. you know, so my, my child survived now, thank you, but, but how are they going to do two years down the line, three years down, as a teenager, et cetera? So how do you answer that? What, what are the things that we're going to look at that's going to help us to kind of redefine um, outcome in this case? I mean, what exactly are those things we're going to look at? So... One of the ways that we approach this is we really view this as a program. Um, it less so a specific clinic and more a an all-encompassing program that provides really what the way that I present it to families is I say, you know, we, we're trying to really be your developmental safety net so that as your child grows and develops and learns new things, we're available to help along the way when problems emerge. What I will often tell families early on, I start seeing infants as young as nine months. I am not, we don't have the tools really to make highly accurate predictions about what they're going to look like when they're 10, for example, 10 years of age. But what we can do is say, this is where they're at right now. These are the things that I'm seeing that make me 
um, want to make sure that I have close follow-up. Uh, for example, one of the most common problems that we see are related to early feeding issues. Um, and feeding problems often tie into problems with language development and specifically speech because children aren't getting the oral motor workout that early sucking behaviors and um, experience with taste and textures provides them, um, especially if they end up being G-tube fed. So we try to sort of cut it off at the pass and say, okay, this is the risk. It's our job to be the ones who are really on top and worried about this. Your job is to be mom and dad, keep doing everything that you're doing because you're doing fantastic. Um, And we want to monitor this or in the case where there's clear evidence of a delay or deficit in their development, make sure that they're getting, the child is getting the appropriate frequency and intensity of intervention. And sometimes that can be challenging if a family is living in a more remote area. We have a very large catchment area at Children's Mercy, and coordinating all of those services to make sure that the child's getting exactly what they need is another aspect of what our program does. Um, So we try to support families not just in saying, okay, this is where your child's at or your your infant or toddler, but this is how we're going to help you access these additional services. And then as they enter school age, um, what I'll tell families um, when they're in the toddler years, we try to time our evaluations so that we're seeing them before major developmental milestones. So we try to evaluate them fairly frequently in infancy and then again right before they enter kindergarten. And then we try to time another evaluation when they shift from that learning to learn or learning to read, for example, to a reading to learn model where those skills should have been mastered and now everything starts to get very complicated. So we can catch problems before they become extremely challenging for the child. And I recently saw a child for whom we just caught him right at that point. Um, and mom was very astute and recognized that she that there was potentially an issue, and we got him in for an evaluation and identified a reading um, disorder and said, yes, this is the kind of intervention that he needs. And it may have taken the school longer to pick up on that because they're managing um, a large number of kids, and they're not assessing um, them as frequently as we can. So I hope that so answered you, that question. Yeah, no, that was all. Cause so when I think about this program, and I, I like I like the way you put that, that it's more of a, a program where you're following the child at, mm-hmm. at different stages. You, you when when you look at it as as in, in, from that perspective as a program, what what are your your personal long term goals with this? Um, well, I think well, first of all, I, I just want to stress that we really function as a team of professionals. That while I may be doing the neurodevelopmental or neuropsychological assessment, um, there are a host of other equally important providers, speech therapists, occupational therapists, neurologists, pediatricians, um, our program coordinator, um, who make all of this. It, none of this would happen if it was just me. So I think as a team, what we really are trying to do, again, I use that term safety net, is to really, in the long term, make sure that these kids with very unique 
medical issues as well as sometimes very unique developmental issues are getting the appropriate care that they need. Um, and in a way that's, that's evidence-based so that we are following what is happening um, in terms of what research is showing us, that as these children age, they are growing into new deficits as their brains develop and as information in the world becomes more complex, there are going to be other specific problems that, that may emerge. And we right. keep ourselves and families apprised of that so we can help them prepare. Um, it, it's really sort of a new world, I think, from, from where we were 10, 20 years ago in this field. Well, let me ask, Dr. Willen, what about the logistics of it, though? What about, because um, I can imagine that a lot of the patients that come to Children's Mercy to have congenital heart surgery, they're not always from the city, you know, right? They can come from, mm-hmm. I'm sure, many different places, smaller towns. How do you work with those patients and those families that don't actually live around the medical center? Right. So um, it takes a village. That's, that's what I'll say. <laughs> we read, There's a lot of we, uh, one uh, part of our team that I forgot to mention are our social workers, and they are critical to how to getting this done, um, to helping us identify important resources in more um, rural communities, um, helping to identify um, therapists, behavior therapists, for example, for children with behavioral issues um, through our developmental behavioral pediatrics program that I'm a part of. Um, I'm constantly asking colleagues okay, I have family is living in this area. Do you know what resources are around? What do you recommend? And the beauty of working at Children's Mercy is that there's always someone who knows someone who can help figure this out. (laughs) And some of our families, it's definitely more of a challenge, particularly in that infant-toddler period um, where the resources are really dependent upon funding in their district to support those services. Right. Well, you know, from a general practitioner standpoint and, and also from the family standpoint, Dr. Willing, what, you, what you've done and what you're doing is you're helping all of us to recognize what are common neurodevelopmental problems that can happen uh, after surgery. And if we recognize those early, we're going to be able to impact the quality of life for that child down the line. I mean, this is awesome work. Um, and I know this is going to help uh, everybody involved to take better care of these patients. So what wonderful work that you're doing, and I'm thanking you for doing that and thanking you for coming on the show. You're listening to Transformational Pediatrics with Children's Mercy Kansas City. For more information, you can go to childrensmercy.org. That's childrensmercy.org. I'm Dr. Michael Smith. Have a great day. <music> 